Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as outrageous as Josip Brekolo's 32-point haul, fancy advice as sweet as a Robert Lewandowski scissor kick, and two pundits who didn't star man the prolific pole. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 33. And joining me, as always, he is the fantasy Fußball god, Flo Reinecke. Uh, and I have to say, Flo, you had a smashing fantasy weekend by all accounts the yeah. question is are you going to be ready for the 3.30 kickoffs this Saturday no I, oh, come on. <laughs> I won't it feels like a cup final looming for, for Bremen because the match at Augsburg I, I mean a lot can be decided on that Saturday I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling confident and I, like I already have plans how I will watch this game because we would have been on vacation this weekend we planned that like a time back, of course, it's cancelled because of the Corona situation. But like, I, I let this Saturday still free for myself. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's good. I'm, like, I, I was watching last season, the last match day of the season. I was watching at the lonely parking lot, and I will do that again, just by myself, streaming that game, and where no one can hear, hear me scream, especially not my children I, I i don't want them to see me in <laughs> that kind of state uh, no i I'd, I'd spare them from that as long as possible yes, yes the, so, the, the raw yeah. emotions of a football fan can be very raw at times but the good news in all of that because i have to admit the reason i asked the question was actually to ask whether you're going to be ready for the kickoff times with your fantasy team because i know yeah. you've had trouble with that so the fact that you are off work does fill me with confidence that yeah. at least you'll be able to make your transfers you know without any distractions yeah, well, there will be a lot of distractions moving out to the kickoff <laughs> of that game, but I will, like, I will have my team set. But I mean, I'm in a kerfuffle of two goalkeepers who aren't playing. That's just like horrible. I was going to ask you whether you were going to be forced to make one. Yeah, what are they doing? <sighs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I can waste a transfer on a goalkeeper. I'm, I haven't decided that. I, I have to think things through before that. Well, it's a tough one. Admittedly, I did see Flecken maybe getting the nod over Muller at some point in the latter stages of the season, but Hitz was, I mean, that's just unfortunate, right? Like, you can never really account for a moment or an injury like that, and it's a it's a great shame. But, yeah, I'm troubled to, I mean, are you thinking of making a goalkeeper transfer? Is that going to be one of your three? Yeah, of course, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but, like, if I feel I have to do other transfers, I probably will take the zero at goal and move on with my life because like you you can get a zero anyway it's like if i have hits and another goalkeeper who's playing on saturday of course that's that's an advantage you have two goalkeepers to field but that's like that's not likely most guys have one step at their goalkeeper which means it's it, it can be anything and i'm not sure i'm leaning like if I, I if I have a good feeling, I can have a big points hole in a midfield or a striker position or, or defender position. Then I would just like yeah, that's it. I mean, let it slide with my goalkeepers. Yeah, the, the upside is so much bigger with outfielders. Definitely. I, I mean, uh, Dortmund uh, they're they're in like in a good position to qualify for the Champions League without having a goalkeeper for most part of the season. So <laughs> well, I can do that as well. 
<laughs> uh, okay, I, I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't double down on the the dissing there. Poor old Roman Berkey and Marvin Hitch. Yeah, they've they've been a bit of a calamitous pair, no doubt, this season at times, and they offer very little fantasy value. But yeah, Hitch Hitch looked like he might be a late season you know, game changer. And unfortunately it's gone the other way. Admittedly, I mean, they're not the only two as well. Greg, I'm down to one goalkeeper. I've got Stefan Ortega, bless him, because like he's just been a rock. And I, I'm so glad I stuck by him. But Gregor Kobel's out injured for Stuttgart as well. And this is the type of time of season when there are a couple of teams that may give their second goalkeeper a run out on match day 33 or 34, just to kind of say thank you very much for sitting on a bench all season. That does happen for some of those non-competitive teams. But let's dive into the show because admittedly, Flo and I are both in between kind of working a lot right now. And we decided not to do any listener questions to kind of barrel through this one. But we didn't want to leave you hanging for what is the penultimate episode. And one thing before we do get into the fixtures, I do have to say, there is a survey going round on the official fantasy Bundesliga game that we would really encourage you to kind of take part in, uh, give some feedback because they are looking to improve the game. I've put my feedback in. I mean, one of my big points is maybe just having a few more categories in the transfer market in terms of player statistics so that we can actually track some of the big movers and shakers when it comes to things like shots on goal that are getting them big points and how can we see who's really done best throughout the season or over the course of the last five match days or something to that effect so you feel free to jump on that bandwagon come up with your own suggestions as well Flo anything to add? Yeah I think there's a survey in German and one in English and we'll probably just tweet the links out so everyone can help themselves and get their opinions in I think that's a that's a good idea. Nice right then let's start with the fixture list, match day 33. We normally don't have any flexibility, but as we mentioned in the last show, because of the cup final that took place last night, which is why we're recording on Friday instead of a Thursday, they have moved Dortmund and Leipzig's game to Sunday. So we do have a bit of added flexibility, but let's start with... And, and talking oh, yeah. football listeners uh, knew that firsthand. Do you remember that ages back when we talked about the schedule that we said that the matches that all the, the clubs that take part in the final that this matches will be moved to Sunday? So I was going to say, I remember yeah. you telling me that information firsthand and going and me going, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, no. So that's it. And this and that is the situation that we've come to. Dortmund, big winners last night. Congratulations to them. It was pretty impressive performance on their part. And one of those where you watched on and went, ah, oh, you know, as a fantasy owner of those two players, it wouldn't have been a bad night. But anyway, let's get our teeth stuck into the match day 33 fixture list. Gladbach against Stuttgart is where we will start. A couple of statistics. Schindel is the highest scoring German national in this season's Bundesliga with 12 goals. But on the flip side, with 15 goals, Kalajic is Stuttgart's highest Bundesliga scorer since Vedat Abisevic put away the same number in 2012-13. As we mentioned, Gregor Korbel is out. In terms of player picks from a game like this, flow, who are you looking at? So... I think that Gladbach is the differential club to jump on who can have a really big day this match day. Because Stuttgart conceded 20 shots against Augsburg of all clubs. And Augsburg's average this season is under 10 shots per game. So I think if, if Augsburg can have 20 shots at goal against Stuttgart, Gladbach almost certainly can as well, in my opinion. Stuttgart has nothing to play for. Theoretically, they can still claim the number seven spot, but like that's with they have to overtake Freiburg, Union, and Gladbach for that to happening. 
it's like that, that they know that it, there's no chance of that happening. And for that reason, I really like Gladbach this match day. I mean, Frankfurt is the obvious club to jump on because they're playing Schalke. But I think that Gladbach, after, especially after the really bad showing at Munich, um, they will try to prove a point against Stuttgart. And we know that they're a good fantasy option. We got Stindl and Hofmann in midfield. We got Benzebaini in defense and up front. It's like the guy who plays in the middle. Um, for me, it's either a player or to run. Um, definitely our options here. So um, Gladbach is my differential pick um, this week to, to jump on. And uh, I know it sounds weird, but I, I just can't stop player. I mean, he came <laughs> on at halftime at Munich, had a, had a good showing. Yeah. And maybe this is a game where all like fits together perfectly. But I, w I would wait until I see the lineups and if he's actually playing... Uh, as a striker in the middle of the park. And then he would, like, I would itching to maybe pull the trigger on the guy who has let me down so many times <laughs> this season. But. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant one. I really hope that your faith in him finally pays off at some point. I feel like this is maybe the fifth or sixth time we've gone through this. At least. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I've said, I'm, like, I've said I'm done with him yeah. numerous times <laughs> and he just pulls me back in. Yeah, we, we all have those players. We all have those players. I have to admit, Erling Haaland for me has probably been that player in, the ter in terms of the times I've brought him in. He's been more miss than hit. I've had a couple of good showings, but genuinely throughout the season. He's certainly let me down when I've invested in him. So, yeah, it's it's part of the process of this fantasy game. But I, I'm, as, as a serial optimist myself, Flo, I, I respect your loyalty when it comes to Alessandro player, 100%. And I do agree with you. I think Gladbach could be a big differential this weekend. So I'm very excited to see what their lineup looks like. Okay, let's yeah, move on. Yeah, one thing yeah. I might add is that Philip Clement, uh, he's a midfielder of Stuttgart. If he's playing, he's really interesting because he has a hand in 6.2 shots per 90 minutes if you divide it um, the time he played this season, which is like 350 minutes. 6.2, you know how much Lewandowski has? 4.7. 6.1. 6 so oh, like, it's official <laughs> that Philip Clement is better than Robert Lewandowski. So uh, he, he's definitely a guy you could think of and... There's only one player with at least five matches this season who has a higher average than Clement has in the whole Bundesliga. Do you happen to know who that is? I knew you were going to ask. And I mean, genuinely, my mind goes to someone like Unkunku. No. Because I know. But then the problem is it's going to be another player like Clement that hasn't yes. played much. Yeah. And is involved in a lot. And that's going to be hard. Okay. Is it from Mainz? No. Nope. Hertha. Hoffenheim. Oh, Hoffenheim. Oh, who's been creating chances outside of Christoph Baumgartner at Hoffenheim? It's not Dennis Geig. It's Sagis Adamian. Oh. 6.4 shots on you goal. You know what? I yeah, that would have taken me a while to get to him, I'll be honest. And if you don't filter the stats, that's like hilarious. Uh, the guy with the most shots involvement on average is actually Joshua Mies, <laughs> who played one game for Union Berlin, only a few minutes. And then got transferred to Kiel. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll probably be promoted. But on average, he's involved in 35 shots per 90 minutes. Wow, that's not bad. So yeah. sometimes, like, you, you have to use some filter for these stats. <laughs> yeah, but that's definitely a good one. So, okay, uh, Clement, Clement, and he, he huh. also, he did pick up seven points against Augsburg. So it's not like 
he he he's really performing. If he's in a starting lineup, I I think he's a decent cheap option for two point six million. Um, yeah. Although I like the Gladbach side better, but if you need to save some money, he's definitely one of the guys who at least gives you a floor because of his uh, shot involvement is so so big. Uh, he's a great set piece taker as well, and that's where a lot of his value comes from. Yeah, and well, I mean, worst case scenario again with a player like Philip Clement. It's a point I drilled home a bit last episode, but he's the type of player on match day thirty-four that you can leave him on your bench, not have to worry, you know, and he's not going to cost you too much money. You can use all your funds elsewhere. Not that I think anyone's really struggling right now with funds. I don't know if anyone yeah. else is in that boat out there. That, that's my thinking yeah. as well. But on the like, if he's playing on the last match day home game against Bielefeld, maybe you, yeah, like you star man him. If he's better than Lewandowski, why See, not? There you go. Uh, Flo's already got, yeah, he's got his yeah. mind on match day 34 as well. And I'll be honest, when it comes to match day 34, I'm terrible. Flo is like, comes up with magic every single match day 34, it seems. And it really annoys me. And I'm hoping to change that this year. But, um, yeah, no, that's, uh, I like, I like the Philip Clement pick. I really do. Um, so let's, okay, let's move on to Leverkusen against Union Berlin. Yeah. Leverkusen, they've won all three of their home games under Hannes Wolf. Um, in terms of team news, uh, Lario and Bailey seem to like are out by all accounts, opens a door maybe for someone like Patrick Schick, but I think uh, you can hear the hesitation in my voice as well. Yeah. And I think I'm shaking my head right well, now. Well, you're shaking your head. Like, so. if, if you, if you can't pl- uh, pile on the, the, the pressure against the Bremen side without Toprak, and Friedel, the best two center backs. <laughs> no, I like we can skip this game uh, as a whole. I, I don't have any interest in, in Leverkusen. They did pick up ten of fifteen possible points under Hannes Wolf, but they're just not like it's not clicking. They're not playing good football. I I don't think like this is probably one of the, uh, the games with the least amount of fantasy points scored. Like on average, of course, like freak game can happen, but I don't expect it to be this game. So I'm staying clear. I don't have any interest in any player out of this game. Well, you know what? I'm happy to skip it as well because I don't really have any interest in that game either, considering the fact that we are into the final two match days and we just don't really have much much room to maneuver. It, it's not really worth wasting it. So let's move on then to the next game, Hertha against Köln. Now, by all accounts, Piontek and Cordoba are definitely out. Mateusz Cunha, I think there's a massive question mark uh, around him as well. And they've all scored seven Bundesliga goals this season which combined accounts for 53% of Hertha's total. If you want to then factor in Luca Bacchio, who has five as well and is suspended, I think you're up to, you're almost up to 60, over 60%. So it's, um, yeah. it's quite a. And Derrida is also suspended. I mean, that was yeah. like worst <laughs> yeah. case scenario for every club involved down there, except Cologne, of yes. course, because they're facing Hertha. Is Hertha getting this win against Schalke, but getting decimated while doing <laughs> yeah. it? It's, it's really horrible because oh, yeah. now like everyone else has to root for Hertha. But I think with the situation, how, how it shakes out, uh, although like Jonas Hector is questionable. He, he's a big factor for Cologne. Huge. If, if he's out, that definitely levels the playing field a bit. And maybe a guy like Ngankamp, like he has great potential. We know that for a while. Uh, he did score the winner against Schalke. So maybe he can benefit. Uh, out of this situation, and he he would be the only well, that, guy. That's it. I have to say, I would think about bringing him, but only yeah. if I had money trouble. Like he's one million. Really, he's a striker. Yeah, I know that. I'm. Yeah, 
Like, I, I don't think it's likely. It's just if I have money issues, I wouldn't invest in this game otherwise because I think it's like there's so much hanging on the result of this game. I don't expect there to be fireworks, really. I'd rather stay clear of this match. And if I want to invest, I'd probably go the Cologne route because they're playing Schalke on the uh, last match day. Yeah, also something important to bear in mind, absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of react that way to say Ngankam had, had clearly sparked, I think, everyone's interest in at 1 million yet always going to. I just wondered whether Adonic was maybe someone worth having a look at because actually in the discussion of the chances created or shots had per 90 minutes, I mean, he's got to be up there because he's been in good form since Hertha have come back from quarantine. Creative gets, his, you know, his goals and assists have come as well. And so he kind of piqued my interest and he's not that expensive either, if I'm not mistaken. So, because that was it. My reaction was, yes, okay, Hertha decimated, but from a fantasy owner's perspective... 7.7 7 million 7. is 7. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and that was it. Like, it's differential central. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, he's a midfielder. That's definitely a bonus uh, if you compare it to uh, Ngankam. So, yeah, I think it's a viable point. I can't see me going to Radonjic myself. Um, I, I just feel like his decision-making is so poor at times um, that I, I think he's always a candidate to get substituted out early if it's not working what he's doing. Because well, like yeah. I haven't seen that he has a plan B of on all the stuff he's doing. Like he throws himself headlong into dribblings and stuff, tries to shoot his way out of trouble. You're saying this like it's a negative. Yeah, I know as, that. As a fantasy it's owner, good I'm going, in a fantasy I'm going when he dribbles past that, a player. James. That's a challenge one. When he takes a shot on goal, that's points for me. Like as a fantasy owner, I'm loving that though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I'm just feeling like. I feel like maybe uh, Dada is not loving it as much as you do, James. And <laughs> True. Like, That's fair. But he, he doesn't have a choice. Word. He doesn't have a choice. He's as much as like it pains me to say that, but Dada is a more important figure for Hatta than, than you are. <laughs> oh dear. Wow. Stab through the heart. I, I don't know how yeah. I'm going to recover from that. <laughs> no, that's, it's, you're, you're right. You are right. It's, and to be honest, Radonic is the type of player I'm also thinking if he breaks through into the hair to side more consistently, I think next season he could be uh, an interesting fantasy candidate if he's going to be playing yeah I, I don't think there will be a next season for him though you don't wow no. you are really like I've, he's brought something he's brought something to that team that has been missing all season he's loaned I, I, I like the, they have to buy him for double digit millions I can't see that happening I think that's what his release clause uh, or his agreed uh, sell on clause in his loan contract is it's it's too much. I don't think that that is going to happen. Okay, but well, I, I don't need to be making an impassioned case for Hertha to keep him signing. I'm just just saying he's made an, an impact. So yeah, okay. And Gankam, though, at 1 million, certainly the player pick from this game. Let's talk about Schalke Frankfurt. It's one that a lot of people will have their eyes on because, as you say, Flo, anyone that plays Schalke is worth investing in. Um, and since the Bundesliga's inception, no team has occupied last place in the post-match day standings as often as Schalke. I mean, the fact that it's been a historically terrible season for them, it goes without saying. Frankfurt, meanwhile... Yeah. Do, you, do you know who, like, who was the leading champion in that stat before Schalke was? You're putting me on the spot. Um, Köln? Nope. It's Hannover. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, H Hannover was a club who was top 
if you want to frame it like top uh, on and that's <laughs> yeah if that's really a statistic you want to be doing, like Patrick Hermann's most you know subbed player it's uh, it's always a good one yeah. um Okay, but yeah, with Frankfurt, they are really the big story here. They slipped out of the top four uh, for the first time since match day 18 after last weekend. No new injury concerns. Who are you backing in this game, Flo? Mm, basically, every Frankfurt player there is, uh, except maybe Jovic, because like they said, well, why go with Jovic? But I, li- I like Kostic. Um, I like the guy who plays on the right back position, uh, whoever that is. It's either a Dorm or Chandler. And uh, I think a guy who's sneaky interesting is Aiden Hustic, who scored the goal against Mainz. He's just sitting at 2 million. Unfortunately, he's a midfielder in the game, not a defender. If he were a defender, like, like it, it, it would feel even better. But uh, I think he's still an interesting choice um, if you need to save money. So Hustic is a guy... We could see him. He hasn't started the season. I think that's something I I should um, point out. But he came on as Rode got injured against Mainz after uh, 30 minutes and had a good game, scored his first Bundesliga goal. I think there's a decent chance of him getting the start. At Schalke. I think you're, uh, I mean, Eunice as well was getting pretty high words of praise um, from Adi Hutter in the build up to this game as well. Yeah, but it seems to be some, like, with Eunice, it seems to be a fitness mm. issue why he's not starting. I'm, I'm not sure what, what the issue is exactly. But if he's in a starting lineup, of course, Eunice is. Yeah, I would prefer Eunice over Hostage anytime. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. I mean, that is the beauty. I think, I don't think we've mentioned it, but we, of course, will know the lineups for all of the games we've started discussing yes. already um uh, you know for the 330 kickoff so that that is at least the sweet relief of all this that you'll have a little bit more certainty about those players that you're picking on Saturday and hopefully not too many of the players that you've already got in your squad end up being rotated out. That's always the danger um, on these last couple of match days. So Frankfurt are, of course, a good one. I'm heavily invested in them with Silva, Kostic and Durm. So fingers crossed it is Eric Durm and not Timothy Chandler at right back. But we will see what happens. Augsburg against Bremen. I, I know a game that you don't probably really want to discuss, Flo. Um, no. But Augsburg have won nine of their 19 Bundesliga matches against Bremen. They have only recorded more top flight wins against Mainz. However... Kohlfeldt has recorded more wins against Augsburg than any other Bundesliga club he has faced as a coach. Five wins in six games. Those statistics kind of worked out in your favour in the end, but who's your player pick from this game, Flo? Uh, I'm like, this is a game I probably stay clear of as well, but if I had to choose, I'd probably go with Marco Richter because I, I think he had six shots at goal at Stuttgart. Um, playing in really attacking role under Weinzierl. Um, we know that he likes to shoot. And uh, I think his quality in shooting is uh, way better than what I've seen from Radonjic so far. Uh, just to um, say where the difference lies b- between Radonjic and, and, and Richter. I, I'll concede and, there. I'll concede there. And, and I feel like Brim can implode. Uh, I, I think it's possible. Because... Uh, for like weeks now, all is leading towards this game. They need this to be their get right spot, and and, and they got a lot of issues. I mean, they're not tr- like I'm. I'm not sure what they what they're doing. What um how they want to score goals. 
They, they're playing with a three-man front line, which on paper looks like they're playing attacking football. But this three-man front line is Selke, Sargent, and Fulkrug. It, it doesn't make any sense. And they don't have any players who can support these three up front, which means they're just playing long balls, trying to get the second ball and just like force opponents to make mistakes so they can get chances. And it's not like, in my opinion, it's not enough. They're just not creating any chances. They got three goals in the last six matches. That's no coincidence. Uh, yeah, and I feel really bad um, before that game. The only advantage of playing these three up front is that like, you have three tall guy, uh, guys who help you with set pieces in defense and up front. And, and that's the only way I can see Bremen, Bremen winning this is basically like goal after a corner, keeping a clean sheet and being really lucky. And it's not something I want to invest in in fantasy. Okay, I can I, I understand the, the not wanting to invest in fantasy. I'm still holding the, the torture of optimism for you, my friend, uh, when it comes to Bremen's chances. I think this is the weekend you save yourselves uh, personally. But we will see what happens. But I do agree. I mean, Marco Richter, yes. If I mean, if Augsburg stay up uh, again, maybe a player to watch out for next season if he is going to have that more advanced role under Marcus Weinziel. Is he a actually, is he a striker in the game? No, he's a midfielder in the game. I, sh I should have pointed that out. I think he's sitting at... 10.7, I think, is yeah, but that, that's it. They're making a striker in the summer, and then it's all for naught. But anyway, let's move on. Bielefeld against Hoffenheim. Bielefeld have kept clean sheets in four of their last five Bundesliga matches. Uh, that was a 5-0 loss to Gladbach being the exception. The big news from this game in terms of team news is that Christoph Baumgartner out for the rest of the season with an ankle injury. So that's a bit of a blow to anyone that did bring him in last weekend to jump on the Hoffenheim bandwagon. I was, I was glad that I didn't in the end. I chose Sancho over him in midfield and that worked out quite nicely. But in terms of this game flow, Bielefeld Hoffenheim, where are you looking? No, I'm not looking. Or are you? I mean, is this if if because I know we were talking before the show about ten point three million uh, for Richter. Uh, um, just to uh, <laughs> clear that. But I know. I mean, before the show no. started, you were talking about the fact that you don't like this game. You think you know this is the type that Bielefeld maybe wins. So it, yes, does that negate fantasy value in this one? Yes, if it goes that way, of course. Yeah. Because like if Bielefeld is winning, they won their last two home games one nil. And I think that's like that's the likely outcome of this game as well. Hoffenheim, they did seal not getting relegated last week. And it feels like now they've gone out and say, Baumann, okay, his season is over. He played with a lot of issues in recent weeks, but like hold his teeth. Uh, I'm not, what's the English saying for that? James. Hold, did you say hold his teeth? No, it's probably not. <laughs> That's brilliant. Right. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. Uh, what, what is it? There is a hold. Hold my. Hold my. Oh, it's not going to come to me now. So let's let's just say he played waffle tight at the back. <laughs> played waffle <laughs> yeah. tight. And now they uh, he he will have procedure and with Baumgartner. It just feels like this is a nice trip for them to end the season. And I, 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 like my only hopes are Kevin Falk and Florian Grillich. Both have played for Bremen and Falk also has a pass in Cologne. Although I'm not sure if his Cologne time is 
convincing him to help or not to help Cologne. So I, I'd rather uh, stick my hopes in him having good relations with the Brim players because I think the like it wasn't the nicest cut between him and Cologne uh, there's ever been. I think there was some animosity as folk uh, left Cologne, but um, I mean that's my my. I, I think that Grillich and folk will at least try. Uh, that Bremen won't get relegated, uh, and that's my that's my hope of Hoffenheim actually showing up for that game. But it's not like I'm I'm not confident at all that this is going to happen, which also makes me skeptical of uh, Hoffenheim assets. Even a guy like Kramaric, he's like he's on on great form. Brought him in last week. That was the reason why I didn't start, man. Same here. Yeah, uh, Lewandowski, because I already had. A boatload of points with Kramaric and like who I'm I'm not changing that to Lewandowski and him getting thirty points. I, I think I lost like four points with not starmanning Lewandowski. So it's not the worst if you compare that to Kramaric. If my mass holds up, you're looking skeptical, James, but I think it was about uh, around that ballpark. Yeah, I mean it it, it is I think Lewandowski had more points even without the star man compared to Kramrich with the star man. So that would make me feel that it was more than a four point differential, man. like a di four point swing. I think you're, yes, I think you're Am mistaking I? that. James. Well, that's all right. Yeah, I'm, go I'm going to check I'll that. I'll tell you, I'm all over um, the shop today. I, I think can... I'm not for five. I mean, the only thing I can come up with the hold my is hold my beer, but I don't know whether that's me growing up with like meme culture now. Okay. But I don't so, think, I think there was like a, a more old time. Uh, Kramaric had 35 points with the star man. Lewandowski had 32 at the end. I thought he was sitting at 30. So, uh, yeah. And uh, Kramaric had 15, 19, 23 points. So he did pick up 12 extra points via Starman. And Lewandowski would have gotten me 16 extra points for Starman. So if I subtract 12 from 16, uh, I have to calculate that. Wait, <laughs> wait a second. Ding, ding. Yeah, it's no, four. Okay, you, okay, your mass holds up. I just genuinely in my head had that it would have been a bigger differential swing than just four points. No, but I guess I mean and your mass holds up. I'm I'm not I'm not denying that for certain. Um, so yeah, I, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. But uh, that's it. I mean, I'm looking at Andre Kramaric now and hoping that he's still motivated enough to be scoring goals against a Bielefeld side. Yeah, you know, that's why I invested in him. He is not a priority to sell. But like, if if I could, I'd probably swap him out for a player I feel like um, in a club who has more to play for. And especially since Bielefeld has everything to play for. And we know that like their first priority is to close shop and um, then try to like win with one goal. And that's not a great mm. uh, basis for fantasy success. No, okay, that's a, that's a very fair point to make. Let's move on then, shall we, to the game that may or may not involve Mr. Lewandowski, the man we've just been talking about a little bit, because Freiburg are taking on Bayern on home soil. They've only won one of their last 35 Bundesliga meetings with Bayern. Uh, that was on match day 33 of the 2014-15 campaign, so you never know, lightning might strike twice. Uh, Lewandowski, meanwhile, has scored 18 goals in 17 games against Freiburg. However, there are doubts because he didn't take part in training yesterday um, and I don't think I've seen an update on his status so far today. Oh, oh Bayern already said it was just precautionary measures. Wonderful. Well, that's, so, like, so. that's, that's the news we want to hear, isn't it? Yeah. 
So that's n- nothing to worry about. Uh, what? If, um, if I'm right honest, for Lewandowski. I mean, he can always get injured in the last training before a match. Uh, that's of also course. possible. But it looks like he's going to play and without any restraint. Personally, I thought even if he had like a slight muscle thing, a muscle tear or something, I, I, if I was Lewandowski, I'd say for the last 10 minutes of every game, I'm going to go stand on the yeah. edge of the six-yard box, feed me, just get me the ball <laughs> to break that record. I, I think he'll do anything it takes to to try and have that chance to do that. So outside of Lewandowski, though, is there anyone else piquing your interest in this match? Yeah, I think you have to mention Musiala if he's in a starting lineup just because of his price tag with 2.7 million. But otherwise, I'd probably stay away from Bayern. Especially, I mean, they, they having a family holiday right now, which is a like kind of controversial topic in Germany because uh, every team has a quarantine camp right now set up. And it's said like there's some rule and it's said they should try to make the um, the people there as less as so there should be as less people as possible during that camp and as usual Bayern said okay that's just for the peasants the rest of the Bundesliga <laughs> we're just taking our families with into the the hotel so and and no one's saying anything about it it's but it's but you are Flo and, and you preach my you preach my brother like I mean yeah, it's, it's so so ridiculous but it's like they 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 so mighty in German football that no one like has has the stones to to say like uh, there are seventeen no there are more actually there are thirty five clubs in quarantine because all all the second division clubs are in quarantine as well and there's one club like that that that's making a family trip out of it and that's Bayern it's just like that's that's really showing the rest of the league the finger. Uh, in my opinion, and yeah. one one last time, yeah. but I say it won't be the last time, but it's the most recent time, uh, yeah. But one last time yeah. this season, perhaps uh, from from Bayern, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I'll be very honest. There's still one more game, so I wouldn't bank on right. that. But yeah, <laughs> you never know. Um, okay, so just this like ridiculous the the, the sense of entitlement, uh, really. Uh, don't get me going, James. No, no, let's, let's not. We'll be here for another hour uh, at that rate. Yeah. You know, we'll maybe do that as a bonus episode at the end of the season at some point. But no, I do agree. Musiala, very interesting, especially, I mean, Leon Goretzka, there's good news that he will probably be okay for the Euros, but he they're not going to be risking him for the last two match days of this season at all. With that in mind, um, that being an injury that he picked up, not as severe it was uh, as it was first thought. Okay, let's talk about those Sunday games then, Flo, because these two are important this week. And they're a bit of a minefield to a certain degree. Uh, Mainz against Dortmund. Uh, Mainz under Svensson uh, have claimed 30 points from 18 matches, only losing four times. It's a pretty good record and they do have previous in terms of uh, causing upsets against Dortmund. Uh, Meanwhile, Erling Haaland, he was, of course, one of the stars of the show yesterday, even when he slips uh, his touch is golden, literally. Um, but he has scored 16 of his 25 Bundesliga goals so far this season away from home. The record in a single season... This I do know, Flo, because it's written down for me in my script. Uh, the record is owned by Jupp Heynckes and Timo Werner. They both have 17 uh, to their name. That would that would have been a question. I'll see, actually, you know what? I should, what I should have done there. Would have asked. What I should have done there is not mentioned their names, seen if you asked me, and then I'd have had them written down. And I'd have been like, "This one I know. I could have redeemed myself." That will be the smart. It would move, have, but James. you know what? I'm too honest for my own good, Flo. That's uh, that's the way things go. I don't mind admitting my own faults. In this game, it is a bit of a minefield because mine's just love an upset right now. 
and are in incredible form. Dortmund coming off this incredible high of the Pokal win. It's the type of moment that they could take their eye off the ball just a touch. But you're shaking your head, so you're, you're not confident. Okay. I don't think so. No, I'm all, I like, I'm, I'm all on Dortmund. Of course, like, I hope they haven't celebrated too much, but I think, like, you can feel the hunger in that squad. Uh, especially with a guy like Haaland, if you, you saw how he celebrated being sidelined uh, last week against Leipzig, I think that shows you something. And, and they're not finished. They want to qualify for the Champions League. And like, in my mind, it's very likely that Mainz will seal um, not getting relegated Saturday at 520 because for them still in, to be in the relegation race, Bremen and, Lever- uh, and Bielefeld both have to win their games. If that's not happening, they're sitting at a quarantine hotel all together. Yeah, without their families. Without their families. Nothing to do but to celebrate not getting relegated. And I think that could happen, uh, that there might be a bit of a celebration and at least it will take like all the pressure that Mainz was playing under Bo Swenson and the uh, I, intensity. I can't see them being able to to replicate that if they already um, are certain to play in the Bundesliga next season. So I think this is a spot to jump on Dortmund maybe, if you haven't already. Um, with the added bon- uh, bonus of them having the standalone fixture, I'd rather jump on the Dortmund bandwagon than the Leipzig or Wolfsburg bandwagon. No, I think that's a, that's a fair point because I'm glad you made that counterpoint. It was what I was uh, hoping you would do. But yes, it's the same way for Mainz. They could just as easily take their eyes off the ball. I mean, admittedly, the scenario you just played out in terms of Bielefeld and Bremen uh, winning both their matches. I mean, if that plays out and... Hertha win as well against Köln. Köln are relegated. It's uh, done a dusted for them, which would be yes. uh, absolutely uh, bizarre. And it's uh, a moment that I would personally have to commentate, which I have a lot of trepidation about, admittedly. Even even if like if Cologne doesn't win and and Bielefeld and Bremen win their games, then Cologne is relegated. Yeah. So if 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 Bremen and Bielefeld both win, then Cologne has to win themselves have a chance. Yes, otherwise the yo-yo will continue to bounce up and down. That is the way things are going. Uh, so, I mean, outside of the top three picks from Dortmund, is there anyone else that you would consider? Flo- and, I mean, we're talking top three picks, Guerrero, Sancho, Haaland. Yeah, I, I, I probably leave it at that. I'm not sure how much is Lukas Piszczek. Oh, off the top. Just one. for sentimental reasons. <laughs> it would feel good to have him in your squad. Oh, plus, he always pops up with like a, you know, he's a, he's a Specialist at a late season goal, you know, popping up last couple of match days with a goal out of nowhere that you don't expect him to really get. Um, and he'll certainly be riding high after what happened. But off the top of my head, so he's seven million. I wanted to say under it's, seven. It's, so yeah. it's not like it's, it's, it's not bad. But as, as we pointed out, not many people will be struggling for funds, you know, um, out there. So, you know, really, I don't think you're yeah, stretching your budget either way. I, I, I probably like Guerrero, Sancho, Haaland, these three. Um, yeah. are really interesting because, like I said, I, I I don't expect Dortmund. They celebrated yesterday. They will regenerate on Friday, and then they will have their eyes on what's happening on Frankfurt. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's like I what I can see happening if Frankfurt for some reason drop the ball at Schalke. I don't expect that to happen, but that could definitely impact the Dortmund game as well. But like I've. 
I expect Dortmund to to play a hundred percent and to be fully motivated and concentrated because like the difference for them between qualifying for the Champions League or the Europa League is just massive. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I, I don't have any worries because of the cup win uh, with Dortmund. No, that, that certainly goes without saying about the difference between Champions League and Europa League. It's, it's absolutely ginormous for a club like Borussia Dortmund, especially in these coronavirus times as well, where the financial purse strings have already had to been be pulled pretty tight um, in the end. Okay, let's talk about the final game then, Leipzig against Wolfsburg. Now, the Red Bulls, they drew the reverse fixture before running out 2-0 winners in the DFB Pokal quarterfinals. That extended their unbeaten streak against the Wolves to seven competitive matches. You mentioned the fact that you are a little hesitant to jump on these bandwagons over the Dortmund one flow, but who would you trust to close out this match day then? Mm, I'd probably go with Nkunku because um, I feel like we we already talked about your you call him Mr. Smarty Pants, Julian Nagelsmann, and like what's he doing leaving Nkunku out of the starting eleven in the cup final? It's like trying trying to outsmart his opponent, like instead of just fielding his best players, is like this. Yep. I I don't like this t- tactic at all for a coach. I, I think we've seen that a few times. Um, I expect like he can't leave Nkunku out for that game, probably. Although it's like it's like this game is not of importance for Leipzig. That's why I don't like. I wouldn't invest in this game. Still think that Nkunku will do probably the best. I don't mind Danny Olmo, but I don't love any player out of this game because I, I I think it could be a quite boring. Uh, type of game Wolfsburg probably is uh, if they can draw this game they still have like a big opportunity to qualify for the Champions League so um, they won't go all out attack I think uh, at Leipzig and no I, I, I don't like this game as a whole um, Angelino is falling out of favor with Nagelsmann and like he can do that because he's like he leaves the club at summer so there will be a clean sle- slate for Angelino next season. Uh, and I don't expect that Nagelsmann would have liked leaving Angelino out of the squad for the cup final. Like, I, I don't expect Nagelsmann and Angelino to work together uh, in the future anytime. No, I, at yeah, all. I think the bri- bridges, bridges burn. That's um, definitely. 100%. That's, that's, that's the worst you can do to a player. And, um, like uh, it's it's really curious because Angelino, like he had give interviews, I think, like as not as long back as the winter break, where he said like, "Oh, having a coach like Nagelsmann who trusts you and stuff, it changes so much for me, and that's why I would love to play here." And then, yeah, something has happened between these two guys, and um, so you don't have him to trust. He's been one of the worst decisions I've made at the back end of the season was bringing him into my squad. I, I just it, yeah. You know, well, you, you, of course, you saw that you saw there, the upside. There's just stuff going on that you can't know course, as an outsider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. No. don't beat yourself up about that. No, we well, we all. I think we all saw that. You know, we all knew about the tweet he made after. You know, Nagelsmann dropped him from a squad before and said he was injured, and Antonio then tweeted out that he wasn't really injured, and there was that kind of uh, like a tongue-in-cheek you know jovial exchange from Nagelsmann afterwards about that issue, and I think we all kind of 
played it off as a result. But really, there was a lot more to that situation because I think that was either one or incident number one or two uh, out of a couple now with Angelino. And yeah, now the, the, the camel's back has been broken by the final straw, um, as they say. So yeah, it's a tough one. But I do agree with you. It's not the most attractive fixture, even though it is uh, one that affords a bit of flexibility this weekend. So I, I personally wouldn't be looking to invest heavily in yeah. it, if at all. I agree. 100%. So shall we close the show then on our player picks as always, Flo? I did have down that we do a Saturday and a Sunday one. We can still do that because we don't, you know, we're not pressed for time. But who are your Vegas choices then for this weekend? I'm, I'm going with a Gladbach striker. I, I just have the feeling if like we get a surprise, really high result on this match day, then the odds are not bad that it's a Gladbach-Stuttgart game, in my opinion, especially with probably Gregor Kogel uh, still out for that match and he's a great goalkeeper Bradlow did well against Augsburg but we've seen that time and time again um Phil in goalkeeper has a really good game his first game and then like in the second game it shows why he is a second goalkeeper and um I, I think that could could happen at Gladbach so I'm going with Gladbach striker whoever plays up front it's either Turamo player but you see that so it's not like I'm not hedging my bet. Yeah, I, no, I, I like that pick. And I mean, I do remember Fabian Bradlow playing for Nuremberg and it certainly wasn't a convincing period of his career, let's say. So there's nothing yeah. to say that he's uh, really improved too much. And, um, and a Vegas choice for, for Sunday, I, I, like, I'm giving you Marco Royce. Yeah. Uh, he's a striker in the game. If he were a midfielder, he wasn't even Vegas, but he looked so sharp in the cup final, really had a great game. And is he like he's having a great, uh, a great run of form lately? Incredible. Um, and I think that they could continue. He's one of the guys driving this team forward uh, in, in in their thrust to to get into the Champions League. Yeah, everyone, including myself, at one point was very quick to write him off as saying, "Oh, he's lost a yard of pace. He's never going to quite back, get back to the Marco Royce that we used to know and love." But uh, we needed to be patient with him, and we're seeing him really produce that type of form again. And it was incredible to see the way he drove them forward in that DFB Pokal uh, final. I mean, I know Haaland and Sancho got the goals, but Royce was the man of the match in that one, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, my two picks, Radonjic is the first one. I think that doesn't come as much surprise based on uh, some of our chat earlier in this one. Um, and from Sunday, I still like Reid Labaku, 10.7 million as a Vegas choice in a game like that, because he is a, he's just he is the driving force of that Wolfsburg team, genuinely. Uh, signing of the season for me, and arguably uh, Wolfsburg's player of the season in my eyes as well. So I think he's made Maybe not a bad shout against that Leipzig side. How about your super schnäppchen then? Yeah, and one thing to add, I think he's the only Wolfsburg player um, who was nominated for team of the season. Or, no, I think uh, Lacroix. So maybe um, Baku is uh, in the uh, could be in the team of the season. I think it will be revealed Friday evening, so we know uh, if he's actually in it. But. Yeah, I think well de deserved in the case of, of, of Baku. So, uh, really having a great season. Super Schnäppchen and Gangkamp, 1 million. Um, I have to mention him as well as Rostich and I don't really have a Super Schnäppchen out of the Sunday matches. Um, I'll be I'll be honest. I stole your yeah. one from earlier, Lucas Pichek. So like I I I was struggling for one. I think the one I had down before that was Haidara, and he's ten million because I was really really struggling for a super schnapchen. So yeah, and I'm not like I'm not paying ten million for a no, Leipzig player. No, 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 not in that game. No, I agree. I think in Gankam Prestich, great. Uh, I had Jamal Musiala down at two point seven as well. I don't think you can go wrong with at least two of those. And Prestich is a, really is a case of if he's in that starting lineup. Uh, how about Banker then, Flo? 
are you looking at? Yeah, I'm going with a guy we haven't talked about, funnily enough, this uh, recording is Philip Kostic, because Schalke is so bad at defending set pieces. Kostic is really good at taking set pieces. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm adding one and one. And, well, and do, do you want to know who's really good at scoring from Kostic's set, set pieces, Flo? Yeah, and Andre Silva is. Yeah, huh? he's I my pick as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where we end up. And on, on Sunday, uh, I'm going with Guerrero as my pick because I know you've got another Dortmund player. And I, th- I, I think these two Dortmund guys are probably my locks for this match day. Guerrero and Sancho, uh, I like the most. Sorry for... Oh, don't yeah. you worry. It's, I don't think it was a particularly outside-the-box choice that you've surprised anyone with. So, yeah, Sancho, my pick, but it was an easy one, given the form he's in. And I, tell, I told you he was going to be motivated, Flo, in those last couple of games uh, ahead of the Euros, and I think we are seeing him prove that point. Um, so, yeah, I think you can't really go wrong with those bankers either. Some some good choices out there. And we do apologise for not having any listener questions. We will have them for Match Day 34, because it might be just a trickier one. But we will bring it to uh, an end for this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. We will, of course, be back one more time this season to bring you that Matchday 34 preview and hopefully one last surge up those mini leagues, whatever you're doing. But we hope you're faring well out there. For now, from me, your host, James Sorogood-Flow and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.